0: Hello, and welcome to Chutzpah. I'm your host, Adam Greenman. My days are spent as the CEO of the Jewish Alliance of Greater Rhode Island, an organization focused on building a stronger, more vibrant Jewish community here in the Ocean State. One of the joys of my job is getting to sit down with leaders from throughout our Jewish community. I learn so much from these conversations and always walk away with many insights about leadership and how to lead. This podcast is an opportunity to bring these conversations and insights directly to you. And I'm excited for our conversation with today's guest, Rabbi Sarah Mack. Sarah is an incredible leader in our community, serving as the senior rabbi at Temple Bethel in Providence and as a past president of the Rhode Island Board of Rabbis. And we talk about the difference between organizational leadership and community leadership in this episode, which I think you'll find as fascinating as I did. If you have a lightning round question you think we should ask our guests or you just want to provide us with some feedback on the show, please email us at chutzpah at jewishallianceri.org. And as always, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Now I'm so pleased to share my conversation with Rabbi Sarah Mack. And I'm so excited to welcome today's guest, Rabbi Sarah Mack, who is the senior rabbi at Temple Beth El here in Providence. Uh, I've gotten to work with Sarah so much over the last four years and just uh, so excited to call her a colleague, a spin buddy, a friend. Uh, Rabbi Sarah Mack, welcome to Chutzpah.
1: Oh, thanks, Adam. Grateful to be with you.
0: Thanks for being here. Um, So why don't we just start out? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing.
1: Sure. So I I am a native of Seattle. I was born and raised on the West Coast, and I think that is really reflective of who I am as a person. Uh, I love the outdoors. Uh, I love to hike. I love to run. Uh, really appreciate natural beauty, uh, and that's that's always been a part of um, a part of my world and and a part of my spirituality as well. Mm. Uh, so
0: that's great. That's great. And can you talk a little bit about? Um, how Judaism was a part of that upbringing in Seattle?
1: Absolutely. Sure. So I was raised in a really... Um, in a reformed Jewish household, an observant reformed Jewish household. Mm-hmm. My parents were active in our synagogue as leaders, and uh, we went uh, many, many Shabbats. Uh, I was a madricha in the religious school uh, from an early age wow. and um, uh, stayed after bat mitzvah for confirmation uh, and uh, felt very connected to my home community in that regard. And my family uh, celebrated Shabbat at home um, most weeks as well, So. I um, I think that's that's an essential part of, of my my Jewish upbringing um, and I would I would add that I, I actually am, am a child of of Nifty uh, the mm-hmm. reform movements youth group and that was also a really important part of of how uh, I was drawn to Jewish leadership and and life um, was really through through nifty and and through the URj camping system oh. um, was another way um, that's how I went to Israel on a nifty trip um, all of those were really just crucial in developing my Jewish identity um, and drawing me towards um, towards a, a life of service in the Jewish community as well.
0: That's incredible. I think the, uh, you know, talking about the URJ camps, it's already connecting your outdoor spirit with, uh, with the Jewish spirit right. as well. Yes. That's terrific. Um, so, so far, all of our conversations have been with uh, leaders in the for-profit community, the nonprofit community. Um, CEOs, uh, and I think that, you know, people look at rabbis as community leaders, but don't necessarily understand all that goes into um, the role of being a rabbi. Can you take us inside the sort of life of what being a rabbi looks like uh, from a leadership standpoint, especially being a pulpit rabbi like yourself?
1: Every day is different, which I, and for me is in many ways one of the great joys of the pulpit mm-hmm. rabbinate. Um, and uh, you can make all the plans in the world, and uh, frequently they are upended. Um, and I think that's also part of it. So every day is a little bit different and, and the pulpit Rabbivenant listen, it encompasses an extraordinary extraordinarily broad range of activities um, and and leadership skills. And I, I would say certainly pastoral um, walking with with families through um, challenge and sorrow, and also really having, um, the gift of, of celebrating uh, with families as well. Um, that I would say is a really central um, and essential piece of, of my role at Temple Bethel. Um, and in Rhode Island, you know, everyone's connected here. Um, there's no such thing as uh, a death that affects only Temple Beth El. Um, you know, often it, it touches all parts of our Jewish community, and honestly, I think that's actually a gift. It's one of the most beautiful things about about living in Rhode Island is that sense of communal connection. Um, in addition to the, the pastoral, and, and I think a lot of people think, well, rabbis just do services on Shabbat. You must have the quietest week in between, uh, which is never the case. Um, you know, there, of course, is preparation for teaching classes and for sermons and Writing davar toras and articles and things like that, um, but often they're they're the less. Um, flashy parts, um, administration, uh, you know, um, working with the staff. Temple Bethel has has a significant number of, of staff um, that, that work on everything from communications, We have fantastic educators, our cantor, and executive director, uh, bringing the staff together and, and working uh, so that we're all, all doing our best to fulfill our, our mission. Uh, and then there's a connection across the community, meeting with other rabbis, other leaders, um, interface, work, all of those um, are just a tiny actually piece of I feel like what what fills um uh, what fills my my days as a as a pulpit rabbi, um, uh, but the the diversity of it is certainly um, is certainly a joy, and I, I think of there are days where I might wake up and have two conversions at the mikvah, um, followed by a meeting with the leadership of the congregation, um, maybe a lunch uh, with uh, someone from the congregation, and conclude um, the evening with two Shabbat services, Katantan, an adult, um, and and maybe picking up my kids uh, somewhere in the middle there.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. And really does give sort of a lens to the work is so much more than just what you see on a Friday night or a Absolutely. Saturday morning. Um, it, it's, and then there's also having uh, having life, having kids, having, you know, a family to, to care for and take care of as well. It's, it's... Um, it's a lot, uh, clearly. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that in addition to being the senior rabbi at Temple Bethel, you were also the president of Board of Rabbis for a long time. And so there is that larger communal aspect that Absolutely. plays a role as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the, the staff management piece. I mean, I think that gets to my next question, which is really around the idea that Synagogues are definitely organizations, even if their mission or their goal is a little bit different from you know, for profit. Certainly, traditional nonprofits uh, as well. Um, you know, you've been how long have you been leading Temple Bethel?
1: This is my 18th year uh, serving Temple Bethel.
0: That's incredible. And um, was leadership always something that you wanted to pursue? Um, you talked a little bit about your parents uh, and their leadership in synagogue life. um, Was it something that you always wanted to pursue as well?
1: Reluctantly so. Okay. Uh, I tend to be a, a quieter person, which I realize is somewhat ironic given my communal role. Right. It's something that I have, um, I've come to. You might even call it a calling. I've never been able to escape it. Uh, and actually, I, I am, um, I, I love my work. I really do, and I, I'm grateful for it. I. But it did take some. Um it, 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 it took me a while to really embrace the, f- the fact that, oh, right, I am a leader. I think I was always drawn to service, to serving the community. And, and um, it is over time, I feel like, that I've been able to find my voice, use my voice, um, and recognize the leadership potential um, that comes along with that.
0: I've spoken to so many folks, so many leaders who... Have said something similar that they're, they tend to be a quieter person. I've actually found in my own life, you know, i definitely an extrovert, but definitely also find that, you know, when I'm not doing this role, I would just as prefer, you know, a night in front of the TV or curling up with a book and not leading.
1: I'm actually an introvert, and a shocking number of rabbis are introverts. It sure. is amazing um, how that is the case. And it, which, which, It's interesting. It's really about what drives and feeds you, um, I think, as opposed to um, necessarily your outward face. But there are a lot of different ways to be a leader.
0: That's absolutely right. You're listening to Chutzpah, a Jewish roadie podcast. Now you're listening to us tell you what you're listening to. Would you rather hear your own business, publication, event, or product being featured in an ad spot just like this one? You can become a sponsor of Jewish Rode podcast and advertise with us. Don't miss a chance to be featured in Chutzpah or one of our upcoming series in a new way to advertise with Jewish Rode media. For more information, contact Peter Zeldin at p-z-e-l-d-i-n at jewishallianceri.org. So, can you talk to me a little bit about um, you've made uh, transitions in your role? So, you went from assistant rabbi to senior rabbi. And I think when I think about the audience for this podcast, it's a lot of folks who I think are looking to uh, grow their leadership within organizations. So, can you talk a little bit about? what that shift into a larger leadership role looked like for you.
1: Absolutely. You know, and it was, it's was it been very organic for me over time. Yeah. I feel extraordinarily fortunate to have um, been able to v- develop my leadership, be mentored by Rabbi Gutterman, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to... Um, to have the opportunity to grow in one place. And and that um, presents both um, just an incredible amount of opportunity um, and also sometimes challenges. Like it's a little harder to let go of the things I've always done um, as I step yeah. into a new role. And that's that's all on me. It's uh, interesting to watch that. Um, but I, I feel really grateful to have been able to do that. And what's amazing to me, and, and what I, I think I would tell my younger self, we often keep ourselves up at night, um, thinking of, of worrying about what is to come. And, and most often these things, um, and, and this is true of leadership, develop organically. When we're ready, we can step forward and do it. And it's less of a stomach ache, because we know what to do. And I, I, um, as I look back, I realize again and again uh, that, that experience, um, age, um, having it, it sort of helps with the the wisdom and the perspective um, to be able to take on these leadership roles. So certainly, what I feel comfortable doing now, 18 years in, is something that that would have given me incredible amounts of anxiety as a brand new rabbi, and and that that comes from you know years of doing it, um, knowing the community, uh, really taking on the wisdom of, of of Les and and watching him and learning from other colleagues and and realizing that. Um, uh, you know it, it's sometimes these things unfold and it's helpful to trust the process um, and also to challenge oneself to say I think and especially women I think are notable for saying wait I don't have every single skill on this um, that 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 is needed for this role and to, to be able to jump in anyway um, and because some are developed later later on and I, I would say you know to any any uh, younger colleague, and certainly young women out there, sometimes just jump in. You have it within you. Um, it, it's there. It's there, and and uh, you can you can develop that. And and sometimes you just have to grab it. I'm
0: so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that, and so glad uh, you said that. I think that that's just such wonderful advice. And you know, I know. You know, let's shift to actually like brass tacks about leadership a little bit. Um, what are the most important decisions that you make as a leader of Temple Bethel?
1: I think that the question of who is on the ship with you is one of the most important parts of all, um, and or the ship or the bus, whatever metaphor we want to use here. Um, I am grateful to have a team where, um, you know, folks can sit in multiple seats on the bus and, and are nimble, um, and uh, uh, really able to pivot. Unfortunately, we've used that word far too much in the last two years. Uh, but to be that—that that is, I think, one of the most important um, pieces is—is is to really say, um, you know, who is who is on, um, who is on this this ship with uh, me, um, with us, driving mm-hmm. driving this this um, uh, organization forward. Um, I think one of the most important things that I do is listen. I actually think um, less talking, more listening is really critical to to just the ins and outs of daily leadership. It is amazing. And often I find people need to be heard. Uh, maybe there's no action item that goes with that. Um, but but uh, to let people know they're seen, they're heard, they're valued um, is really uh, an important part of the work.
0: Yeah, I, I think often about because uh, in, in my role I work with rabbis an awful lot. And I think about the the rabbinical training and the pastoral training specifically, and that notion of listening and that kind of skill development that leaders of all sorts really could benefit from. And I wonder, uh, I'm curious if you think that the rabbinical training around pastoral care and listening has, has helped you in that larger role is not just a spiritual leader but as a organizational leader
1: oh for sure absolutely i think it has helped and i i think um you know it's it's uh making space for others is a, an important leadership skill uh you know and i think sometimes we um i and in bringing an assistant on board who is a joy uh one of the things that's remarkable is you see how sometimes that's innate, somebody's capacity to make space uh, for other people, for other people's leadership, for other people's voices, for other people's um, insights, and I, I think, so I think some of that's a little bit innate to be able to um, both hold space um, and, and make space uh, for others, but I think a lot of it does come from pastoral care, training, and, and, um, and um, you know walking, walking with people through um, everything that life throws our way.
0: Thank you. Um, so, Sarah, what are some of the hardest decisions that you've had to make as a leader, and can you talk a little bit about the process that you use to to make them?
1: It's a great question, and I think sometimes, sometimes the hardest decisions um, that I've had to make as a leader come very quickly, and and. Unfold and and you realize the decision you've made after you've made it. Mm. Um, you know I think sometimes those are the most intense um, moments, um, and I think that 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 um, that to be able to uh, um, pause, reflect, um, realize that many things that um, seem urgent aren't urgent, and I think in the world we live in, and that this is true of the Board of Rabbis also, um, just. It, they're often not that urgent. They'll still be there. There's time to kind of reflect, even as it's coming at you very quickly. So um, I feel like that's um, that's been something that I've 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 learned over the last um, several years is is to be able to to reflect in that. And that, though, even when something does come very very quickly, that there can be a measure of intentionality um, in in making those those hard decisions. Um, you know, I think having a, a sense of vision and mission for the organization, and I think that in some ways is some of the most important work that I've done, and again, I've done this alongside really valued colleagues, um, is to figure out, you know, what is our why? Um, and that helps direct all of the other stuff that comes flying um, very quickly at us. So to know that, you know, at Temple Bethel it is our mission and our vision um, to be a joyful place um, that builds a community that is accessible uh, to all. Um, those are three values that are critical to us. And and when we sit down to make those hard decisions, it's so much, um, it's not always easy. I'm not going to pretend like that's an easy right. thing to do. You know that. You and I have often had yeah. these conversations. They still give us stomach aches and keep us up. But when we know um the the reason why we're doing something be it for temple bethel or the jewish alliance or the Mm -hmm. jewish people sometimes i feel like these decisions are really um you know for the good of the jewish people um it's helpful to know why we're doing what we're doing and and it makes it easier to say no sometimes and sometimes we do have to say no even though i much prefer saying yes Um, there are moments when we say you know what this is not mission Aligned. Um, this is not something that is in the good of this organization or, um, or the larger good. So.
0: Yeah, having that north star is such an important screen for any kind of decision making. I feel like, and being able to get back to, okay, we've got this hard decision, but, you know, what are we here for? And does this help us accomplish what we're here for? Uh, it just, like you said, it doesn't make it easier necessarily, but it at least contextualizes and allows for greater clarity. Um, I think that's so important. Chutzpah is brought to you by Jewish Roadie Media, but don't leave us lonely. If you're interested in partnering with us, we would love to feature your business, publication, event, and more in an ad spot just like this one. When you realize you showed up to a dinner party empty-handed, we're the friends saying, don't worry, this whitefish salad is from both of us now. Join the podcast potluck today to be a sponsor of Jewish Roadie Podcasts. For more information, contact Peter Zeldin at p-z-e-l-d-i-n at jewishallianceri.org. I I want to get back to something you said uh, earlier around, um, you know, the notion of urgent and important. uh, There's this great it's attributed to Eisenhower, but what is urgent is very rarely important and what is important (laughs) is very rarely urgent. Uh, And I think about that all the time, that notion that so often leaders get hit with just decisions all over the place and that ability to step back and to say, let's pause, let's really assess, let's take that time is such an important skill. Uh, And so I think having that, for that mission vision frame just helps you sort of help others and make space for others to pause, to to reflect, and then to be able to make those hard decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who's somebody that you've looked to as an example of good leadership and why?
1: Oh, Rabbi Les Gutterman is okay. really groomed and raised me as a rabbi. Mm-hmm. And I often say I would not be... Still in the congregational rabbinate, if it were not for his continued support and guidance, wow. um, and he has, um, I, I, you know, shown me that it's possible to be. Um, compassionate and kind, um, and insightful, and also be a whole person, um, mm-hmm. and um, and to care for oneself and to care for a congregation, um, and what's truly important. Um, you know, I, he he really his wisdom continually guides me um, each and every day, and, and I'm um, incredibly grateful. So I would say my leadership um, is really based in in um, his. His loving mentorship um, from the day I set foot here at, at wow. Temple Beth El in Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, the, that notion of mentorship is so important, I would imagine, especially um, in a spiritual leadership role, having Absolutely. somebody who can guide you through that.
1: Absolutely. Um, oh, I think it's so critical. Um, and I, I know how hard and fraught sometimes senior assistant associate r- r- rabbi relationships can be, um, and just feel extraordinary gratitude that I was blessed with um, just such a wonderful, um, wonderful mentor and friend and, and connection that, that enabled me to, to Thrive in the rabbinate, and and actually, um, you know, it's been one of the real joys of bringing on an assistant. I feel like I've been taught by the best, mm-hmm. and I um, get to pay it forward now. Um, and I hope I can do that in the same wonderful way that I was beneficiary um, to with Les's Les's leadership and mentorship.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, you talk about um, the sort of Les sharing with you the importance of congregational care, but the importance of self-care as well. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think, uh, and maybe this is an assumption that I shouldn't make, but uh, leaders are often looked at from folks to, they're, they're looked up to, to to provide that care. And I have to believe that's even more so in a congregation, in a synagogue where the rabbi uh, is going on these life journeys with folks and standing there with them as they're going through you know, really great stuff, but also really, really hard stuff. And so what advice do you have for folks about taking that time? And what does that look like? And how do you carve that out when the there's always somebody that could use a little bit more help or a little bit more care?
1: Absolutely. Well, I think it goes back to, um, to the the realizing what's urgent Mm -hmm. and what's important. And most of the things that are truly important will still be there tomorrow morning. Um, And I I think um, sometimes to give ourselves the grace to say, I can make that call tomorrow morning um, and it'll be okay. Um, I think you know when we talk about self-care, it's not all about always about taking the, the time uh, and the space. Sometimes it is about those boundaries, but sometimes I think it is about how we care for ourselves within interactions with other people, yeah. um, and it can be really easy to take to heart um, other. It's, other um, people's complaints or reactions or transference or um, being upset and and that sometimes self-care is is, um, making space to um, you know serve the community as we serve the community and and um, hear people's voices and and let them be themselves and to know that we don't have to hold that uh, in our heart as a as a judgment of who we are and and of what we bring to the table and who we are as leaders that's self-care too
0: I need to do a little bit more of that self-care, I think. But...
1: Way easier said than done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can say it here, I don't always practice, but I. I, I that's a critical piece. Yeah.
0: Um, so Sarah, what advice would you give to someone looking to lead at any level, um, that I'm a firm believer that leadership doesn't just happen at the top, that anyone in any organization, any place can lead. And so what advice do you have for folks?
1: Absolutely. Well, it's interesting to, to, to contemplate where's the locus of power, um, right? What do what are we bring to the table, and how can we use our voices um, to um, to improve, to transform, to help? And I, I think that's what what people mean when they say leading from behind, um, you know. And I I um, I, I would say that um, that there are, there are a lot of ways to do that, and and that um, that it um, to not be afraid to. To speak up um, and to find a space um, where you can do that, and I, you know, I, I think it's important to create spaces within the Jewish community, and and it's what I try to do at Bethel, where voices are heard, um, you know, it, it's uh, and valued, and and where it is a really a, a healthy. Um, like we don't always agree as Jews. I know that's a revelation, right? No but way. That, that, it, that we can have these conversations. We're supposed to disagree, and that that actually makes each of us better, and it makes our organizations better. Um, and so, to be that person to stick out your neck and say, "But wait a minute, I think I can do it better," even if you're um, lower on the totem pole, I think is a gift to the organization um, and helps to build a culture of that. So, I, I would um, encourage I would encourage you know people to to use their voices. Uh, in that way and, and uh, I think it behooves um, us as, as leaders to listen to those voices and create spaces where you know, that, that builds, builds a better organization.
0: Gets back to what you said about making space
1: and creating those opportunities Absolutely. for folks to share. To and sometimes it's about taking space, and and for those who are a little quieter, sometimes it's harder to take that space, and and it's a it's a um, risk, but to take that risk and sometimes to take that space, um, as well as as well as making the space, um, as it it can be for the better of the common good.
0: Yeah, I think that's such good advice because often I found that it's those folks who don't speak often, but when they speak, it's such an important, uh, they, they have a way of changing the nature of the conversation or adding something that's so valuable. Um, so I just think that's really Absolutely. great advice. Even
1: when it's something sometimes like, I don't want to hear it. I'd rather not deal with that. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, You're right. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad you said it because you're challenging me to be better. Uh, you know, I think that's very appreciated.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, can you talk a little bit about risk taking as a rabbi um talk about the importance of taking risks and what that might look like from your leadership role and that might be different than a ceo of a you know fortune 500
1: yeah oh absolutely you know and and there's certain risks right that Um, You know, we're not talking necessarily about um, about, uh, you know, trading um, stocks or, you know, it's a totally different angle. Right. I I think. um, But I do think that there is a fear of that and there's a sense of, oh, my goodness, if I do this, it will. What will happen? Right. And actually, I think that's the question. Like, what are we afraid of? Mm -hmm. Um, And I often will ask myself that because. Rarely will we be taking such a risk that we're going to break Judaism. We're not going to right. I feel like we all take that on. That we have such power that some decision that we make, some program we might run, some change we might make is going to just bring break the whole thing. It, none of us has that
0: right. Up six thousand years. and thousands
1: yeah. of years of tradition and culture and religious faith. Um, none of us has that power, right? When we sit back and realize, you know what? I, I'm I'm this schmo who lives here in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm doing my best uh, to serve the Jewish people. I don't have that power, um, you know. Bethel is is such a strong institution. It has been here for you know going on 170 plus years here. Um, you know it it's um, it's it, it to, to that that that. Keeps me grounded and and with regard to risk taking. Um, And to realize, you know, sometimes we do things that upset people. Um, And to to ask, why is that, right? What is it that um, is threatening, challenging to our assumptions? Um, You know, and that's as true of changing a melody on a Friday night service as it can be to transforming a religious school or changing a leadership structure. and so I think again, it 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 it, um, it 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 comes down to sort of making make realizing what are our what are our mission, what's our mission, what are our values, and um, um, you know, and and saying you know what if this goes south, it's not going to bring the whole thing down. We're going to you know fail forward. We're going to learn from it, and and maybe we'll never do it again. But maybe it'll be this revolutionary. Um, new way of doing things that's, that really mm-hmm. is um, is a good thing for the institution. So it, it can be hard to do that. And I think change in Rhode Island, and you've faced mm-hmm. this, right, can be a, it can be especially difficult. You know, here we yeah. are, turn left where the Dunkin' Donuts used to be. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot that used to be. So that change can be particularly difficult. Uh, but to be reminded that um, we don't have the power to break it. That's
0: a really... <laughs> uh, just a really good point and I think the it hadn't even occurred to me that the risk taking isn't something that's necessarily make or break but something that can have a profound impact on individuals because of the the tradition that Judaism is that sort of if you've grown up with the same melody for years the risk of shifting it slightly um, and the and the that that isn't a life or death risk that you could be taking, but it's one that has profound impact on individuals within the congregation. And what does that mean? And
1: Absolutely, right. It's
0: amazing to think about that, and there there is weight to that, but at the same time, there isn't weight to it because if it if it goes over great, you've shifted something. If it goes over not well, you know we can always go back to the old tune, right? Right, um,
1: and you'd be amazed at what becomes traditional. Very quickly, when we say, I want the traditional, we fill in the blank, right? Uh, Right. It could be, well, the traditional could have been really groundbreaking in 1985. You know what, it maybe isn't as traditional as we think it is, right? Right. I think that also gives us power to try something new in 2021. Yeah,
0: Um, that it doesn't go back generations, even if we think it does. Right. That's a really great point, and that context and history is really important, um, and that Just because something might upset people doesn't mean that it's not a risk worth taking. That's really important advice, so thank you. Um, So many people seek advice and guidance from their clergy, and I'm curious, who does the clergy rely on for advice? Who do you rely on for advice?
1: Um, That's a great question. Um, Well, I'm I'm fortunate to be um, um, to be married to a fantastic spouse, um, mm. my husband Jeff Isaacs is awesome and, and is a great source of counsel. I can vouch for that. He is <laughs> and, indeed awesome. Uh, and and uh, so, you know, I think it's always nice to have a partner in crime. Um, you know, I would say Rabbi Goderman remains my my mentor and guide always, mm. and and. You know, it's good to have a kitchen cabinet, don't we all? Have the voices of those who help us through things. Yeah. So I feel extraordinarily fortunate to have a good group of friends, um, both some rabbis, some not, um, yeah. who uh, I can go to and and uh, work through um, any any kind of um, conundrum that might be troubling me.
0: Yeah, having that diversity of
1: absolutely, viewpoints, absolutely, it's great. um, it's and it's a it's an important thing to say I don't know. Uh, what do you think about this, right? I feel mm-hmm. like that's part of leadership, um, is to know, <laughs> is is to know who to ask.
0: Right, who to ask, and and get to that point where you feel comfortable enough saying I don't know. Absolutely, I feel like that's when people really become leaders is when they're able to admit that they don't have to know everything. That it's okay to not know.
1: Absolutely, that's
0: that's when you go and seek advice and seek Absolutely. help. Absolutely, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So Rabbi Sarah Mack, last question before we get to the lightning the round. The lightning
1: round. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm okay. glad. Um,
0: what is the biggest lesson in leadership that you've learned, and how did you learn it?
1: Let's see. I feel like we've touched upon most of those um, um, I, I think the biggest lesson to me in leadership is that leaders look a lot of different ways, um, and that is important. Um, that is important to um, as, to rabbis as I think it is across the board in leadership. But that that um, you know to um, to realize that there are a lot there's there are a lot of different ways ways to lead, um, and it can be fun. That's the other part. That's you know it's inter- it's funny. I. I um, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun at Bethel, and I, I'm realizing we actually have quite a few rabbinic students out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to believe that because it it looks fun, because we make it, you know, we, we are indeed having a good time, even as we do this, that it um, it, it is an enticement for future leaders to step forward mm-hmm. and say, that, that actually looks like something I can do. Um, so I, I think... Um, I think that that is, um, you know, maybe, maybe not the, the deepest piece of that, that, that question, but, um, and um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think that, that each of us has a vision of what a leader in the Jewish community looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think um, we all need to challenge those assumptions. There are a lot of different ways um, to lead and, and to, to make space for them.
0: That's a terrific way to to end the serious part of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and uh, and leadership really it can be fun, and it is fun, and I, it's good to actually raise that up because I think that the more barriers we can pull away from folks who are thinking about leadership, the the better. And it's just uh, it's just terrific. So thank you. Uh, so Sarah, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm
1: ready. Okay, bring it. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Favorite Jewish food? Bobka. Ooh. Favorite Jewish entertainer?
1: I have to choose when? Choose one. Mel Brooks.
0: That's a good one. That's a great one. Favorite Jewish ritual or custom?
1: That's another hard, it's hard to choose when. Um, making challah and Shabbat with my family.
0: Bagel with lox or corned beef on rye?
1: Bagel with lox, also capers.
0: Okay. Favorite Jewish holiday?
1: Purim. We love Purim in our house.
0: Favorite Yiddish word you like to slide into conversations?
1: Oh, favorite Yiddish word. Favorite Yiddish word for um, for polite company, right? Um. <laughs> I mean,
0: we can break news here. I'm fine going uh, non-polite.
1: Um, well, you know, listen, chutzpah goes a long way. It's the name of your podcast. It's who we are. It's part of leadership. Um, and I think it's, you know, who we are as, as Jews as we wrestle with our tradition and use our voices to make the world better. Sometimes that takes a little chutzpah. Do you like
0: your sweet or savory? Sweet. You already answered Purim or Passover?
1: I did, I did. You're right. I definitely pour Purim over Passover. I am I am not a matzah fan. I know you're not supposed to be a matza fan, but um, I will totally take Purim over Passover.
0: Well if you could add one thing to the Seder plate, what would it be?
1: Well we we in our house definitely add an orange to the Seder plate uh, and even asking that question is asking who whose leadership is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that you asked that question.
0: Name one celebrity you want to do the hora with.
1: Uh, uh, Mandy Patinkin.
0: And final question, Sarah: How do you spell Hanukkah?
1: H a n u k k a h. I would do the hora with Sacha Baron Cohen also. <laughs> <laughs> if I actually, I I, I think I, I would uh, would like to go back. I'm still sitting with that one. Yes.
0: Well, Rabbi Saramac, it has been just an absolute joy and absolute pleasure to get to talk to you and. To have you share your wisdom and your thoughts with us, I'm just so grateful for our friendship and that you would take the time to have this oh, conversation. Oh, Adam, with us, likewise, so thank
1: likewise. Thank you. This was a lot of fun and, yeah. and uh, I'm grateful to be able to have this conversation and, and grateful for you and your your leadership and our yeah. friendship also. So.
0: Thank you for listening to Chutzpah, a Jewish roadie Media production. Today's episode was made possible by the Jewish Alliance of Greater Rhode Island and was edited and produced by Emma Newberry. Each of our in-person interviews is recorded at the Residential Properties Limited Studio at the Dwears JCC. Special thanks to Sarah for a wonderful dialogue. Tune in next time to hear from Jeremy Eisenberg, president of Czech's Finer Foods. In the meantime, you can follow us on Spotify and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Jewish Roadie's projects and hear more from our community, head to JewishRoadie.com, where you can also find our social media. That's it for today. See you next time on Chutzpah.